0: Hi, this is Tom Compton. You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week, Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events. Ready, set, let the sparks fly. In today's WHTT Speaks Out, we're going to talk about what we were going to call today Israel on the attack and we see it on many, many fronts. And one of the examples that's come to our attention here just recently is the Presbyterian Church USA's publication, Zionism Unsettled. And we've talked about this in a couple of different podcasts and would recommend that you go back and listen to those podcasts to get some background information on that. It was introduced in January of this year by the Israel-Palestine Mission Network of the Presbyterian Church USA. So this is an adjunct organization under the wings of the Presbyterian Church. And since we talked about it earlier this year, there have been a number of ongoing attacks by Christian Zionists, uh, people even in the Presbyterian Church, also Zionist organizations of all stripes from the ADL. And just within the past few days here, a article appeared in the Huffington Post and some other places entitled Zionism Unsettled Guide is Removed from Presbyterian Church USA Website. And I'll just read a part of the story here. This was from the June 28th edition of Huffington Post in the religion section. Quote, the... Presbyterian Church, USA has removed a controversial publications from its website that was targeted by prominent Jewish organization and church members as being an attack against Israel. Unquote, and it goes down here. The interesting thing is that a little bit further down here, that there was actually a vote by the church to divest of three different funds and in this Huffington Post article a little bit further down, quote, the divestment vote, which passed 310 to 303 at the assembly, they were talking about the PCUSA's assembly meeting recently, will lead to Presbyterian selling $21 million in shares in Hewlett-Packard, Motorola, and Caterpillar Incorporated. The assembly said it voted for divestment because of how the company's Products are used in violence, checkpoints, and settlement building in occupied Palestinian territories. In addition to divestment, the church assembly voted to reaffirm Israel's right to exist, to support a two-state solution, and to support interfaith dialogue between Israelis and Palestinians. The church also voted to distance itself from the international boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement but they actually voted also to remove this Zionism Unsettled from their website. So it's a very interesting development. Just as a little background, the Zionism Unsettled actually was preceded by another publication from the Presbyterian Church USA. It was entitled Steadfast Hope, the Palestinian Quest for Just Peace and i actually took the course it had an accompanying video with it i took an 8 week course at a franciscan peace center here in phoenix and it was very eye opening particularly for some of the people that weren't aware of, of the what was going on in palestine and so it talked about the nakba where 750,000 palestinians were basically had to flee out of Israel in 1948, so it talked about a lot of the same things that's going on in that are being presented in Zionism Unsettled. The Zionist lobby has been orchestrating this very vicious attack on the PCUSA, and as we're speaking, they have also uh, with this incident of the three Israeli youth from settlements in the West Bank being kidnapped, and now being found dead near an Israeli outpost, the Israelis are now doing their the thing that we're so familiar with is this disproportionate retaliation. They've had 34 attacks in Gaza, supposedly because of 18 rockets. These are not guided missiles. These are homemade rockets being launched by a splinter group from Gaza the Hamas government denies being associated with the kidnapping of these three children and an example of this disproportionate reaction by the israelis is the fact that over a half a dozen palestinians have been killed uh, homes have been destroyed over 1500 raids where they basically destroyed the the people's Homes looking for suspects and uh, another example of, of intimidation. So let's get back to the Zionism Unsettled issue. And Chuck, give us some thoughts on this whole issue. You've studied the Zionism Unsettled document thoroughly and have, as we've discussed in the past, found it to be very reliable. And of course, we're seeing from the ADL and, and all these people that this is anti-Semitism, as they like to deride people by calling people names and so forth and saying that, that the document is full of lies.
1: Okay, we've read the book, and it's quite well done, and it has a, a certain amount of hard and cruel history in it that uh, is, is straightforward and is well accepted by both Israeli sources, I mean uh, uh, anti-Zionist Jewish sources, I should say, and by Palestinian sources and general historians. These questions of brutality are undoubted. Generally, in dealing with these, uh, the, the Israeli posture in facing up to their own history consists of, number one, denial. The first thing they usually do is say it never happened. If they can bluff someone out, if we're not well enough educated to really know that we have facts on our side, we're We tend to be swayed by somebody who said, you're just just quoting untruths that someone's fed you. These things never happen. In the case of Israel's history, it's not really debated by any historians. It's only debated by people who are trying to deny it. Then there's the turnaround idea. Yeah, we did it, but they did it to us first. There's their rockets. They've been firing rockets. And as we recently discovered with a pastor in town of a Messianic church, he simply magnified the damage done by the Palestinians. He converted their little homemade rockets into guided missiles. And he swore that they fired guided missiles into Israel all the time. Well, we all are educated enough to know that guided missiles hit what they're aimed at and they kill people and they have charges in them. Rockets, of course, are pretty much harmless. The the facts are that the rockets have never done any really serious damage except, of course, a few very isolated killings and woundings over a course of many years. And then the the third thing that's done is usually argued is, uh, we did it all right, but we're justified because God gave us the land. And this is the argument that Christians in defense of Israel always use. They always say, yes, the Israelis are not perfect. They haven't come to Jesus yet. That's their problem. They haven't come to know Jesus, but prophecy tells us they will. And so we just have to be patient with them because they're God's chosen people and justice lies between God and them. You see, we are not in the business of holding them to the same standards of justice that we Christians and Arabs are held to because they are chosen and they have a special dispensation in God's world. So we have to let them do their thing until God changes them. This is basically the argument of justice that you get from the Christian Zionist church. In the case of Zionism Unsettled, we find that it's pretty good. It's not a perfect document. There's some places we think it's too soft, and some places we would think that we've done better at even. But generally speaking, it's the best thing ever to come out of a church in terms of something that is written about the state of Israel. and we said that in our previous broadcast. So we would say that uh, what's happened here is Israel is picked upon the one thing that could hurt them the worst and has the chance of hurting the worst. That's an educational document that could go all over this Presbyterian church, which has upward to 2 million members. And if it got shown in churches, people would believe it. And uh, as, as, Tom, as Tom has taken the course, this is very dangerous to the state of Israel to have a large organization that's doing that that could spread to other denominations. So we think that Israel's action here is a good indication that they're very much afraid of Zionism unsettled, and they're pulling out all the stops, the Anti-Defamation League, the Union of Reformed Judaism, all of the big guys, threatening, cajoling, and trying to intimidate and and getting minor concessions, getting concessions from the church. So we number this as being sort of positive, in a way, that Israel is this concerned about it. As far as the divesture that the Presbyterian Church voted to do, this is just their storehouse of money, their bequeaths and death gifts that have been given to them over the years, wills and, and so on, and the money they used to run their denomination. So disinvesting $20 million out of Caterpillar tractor stock because a Caterpillar tractor ran over Rachel Corey a few years ago and killed this girl uh, and other reasons, this sounds good but it doesn't do anything to the state of Israel. Israel does not own Caterpillar Tractor Company, and if if somebody sells the stock, it really doesn't do any permanent damage to the state of Israel. In fact, the the amount of stock owned by the Presbyterian Church, $21 million, if it was all in Caterpillar Tractor stock, that would be less than one-tenth of one day's trading for Caterpillar Tractor, and it would be less than uh, one-half or 1% of the value of the stock outstanding and, of course, uh, it's not in one stock, it's, uh, it's scattered over three. So it won't even affect Caterpillar Tractor if this company sells a stock. It doesn't affect anybody except the publicity that comes from it. As far as the church's vote to distance itself from boycott, divestment, and sanction movement, I would probably agree with that because they're a secular movement. They don't show any signs of real concern about Christianity. They don't take the Christian Zionist movement seriously. And so I kind of think the church is not keeping too good a company there. And if I was running a church, I would agree. If I was on the board, I'd say, yeah, let's not let any of their statements be imputed to us. Let's make our own statements and be right or wrong. So kind of that's my kind of response to this, Tom.
0: Well, thank you. Craig, do you have any thoughts?
2: Well, watching the the DVD that comes along with the, the workbook is interesting. You get a lot more action than just reading the pamphlet. One thing that came out that that really jumped out at me was talking about the exclusivity of God choosing the land, both for the United States and for Israel. pointed out the fact that America thinks of itself as having a divine right, in a sense, to the the land here, that Christopher Columbus was on a mission for God, and a lot of the explorers and so forth saw this as setting up the, the new Israel. A lot of that comes up in the Puritan documents. That comes out in this Zionism Unsettled, setting the framework for the idea of the Jewish homeland as God has given us this land. We are the chosen people. And that's a connection that I'd never made before between the the idea of the United States having a divine right and uh, israel and the jews having a divine right to the land there and so to me it, it made more sense than how there is a soft spot in the american christian movement to be sympathetic to this idea you know if god did it for us why couldn't he do it for them too and that, that is something i've never seen before
1: interesting
0: very good point one thing I wanted to add here, uh, the culpability of Christian Zionists. Uh, this is a interesting piece. Actually, it's from February by, I'm going to read a couple paragraphs here, a uh, Christian Zionist group called International Christian Embassy Jerusalem. And this was a article written by a Susan Michael, February nineteenth, two 2014, entitled, PCUSA crosses the line, and here's in part what they had to say, quote, a disturbing study entitled Zionism Unsettled has been published by an arm of the Presbyterian Church USA. The publication is filled with distorted facts and a historical narrative so extreme that some Jewish groups are calling it, quote, hate speech, unquote. It vilifies Israel and Zionism while ignoring Palestinian terrorism, calls for the annihilation of the Jewish state and absconds Arab leaders of their culpability in the plight of the Palestinian people. The study guide proves that the PCUSA has aligned itself with the most radical of positions by equating Zionism with racism, comparing it to centuries of Christian anti-Semitism and calling for a rethinking of the Holocaust to include the plight of the Palestinians. The chapter on, quote, evangelical and Christian Zionism skews the facts to portray Christians who support Israel as dangerous and a threat to Middle East peace. The chapter is taken largely from the writings of Dr. Gary Burge an Evangelical Presbyterian and Professor of New Testament at Wheaton College, who admits to holding a form of replacement theology in spite of the fact that it was the root of centuries of Christian anti-Semitism. Replacement theology teaches that God abandoned the Jewish people, has broken his promise to them, and has chosen a new people. The church. The danger with this theology is that it implies that the Jewish people have been rejected and discarded due to their sins and failures. It is fertile ground for the proliferation of anti-Semitism and should be guarded against. And the last sentence, I want to quote here two sentences. The Apostle Paul said in Romans 11 that God is not finished with the Jewish people and that their calling is in irrevocable. In Hebrews 6. He cites God's faithfulness to the Abrahamic covenant to encourage believer Christians to keep their faith, knowing they serve a faithful God, unquote. And we've talked about a lot of these aspects on previous podcasts, but that just kind of demonstrates the knee-jerk reaction Nowhere did you see uh, where they were advocating that the PCA's document was advocating the overthrow of Israel. I mean, they made that clear in their statements there we just read earlier that they still want to believe in the viability of the state of Israel. So these people seem to stop at nothing to. uh, Who who
1: are you quoting there, Tom? Well, this is
0: from this International Christian Embassy, Jerusalem. I've never heard of the outfit. I went to their website. It's interesting. They actually had a photostatic copy and a PDF form of the whole document. So you could actually read Zionism Unsettled on this website if you had the link. I just happened to find it while searching for it and happened to stumble on this link. So it would be an example. We talked about the Presbyterian minister who is the uh, the CEO of the ICJS the institutes for christian and jewish studies i believe we had a podcast on that who came out vehemently against the zionism unsettled so for some interesting reason steadfast hope was kind of a sleeper and then with this zionism unsettled something unleashed the forces And it may be because there's just more truth coming to light. If you miss our video we've got posted on our site that was done by an Australian broadcasting company on one of their major networks there about the ill treatment of Palestinian children and mistreatment and downright vicious attacks on Palestinians by the Israeli Defense Force, you need to look at our website.
1: Well, Tom, this uh, goes back to the way Israel deals with these things. They have all kinds of fronts out there that come from all kinds of different directions. And their uh, basic method is to set up a den and drown out all resistance. And essentially, that's what they try to do. They try to come from so many directions with so much force and, and so much press power that they just drown out the resistance to them.
0: So one of the things that we found uh, that can be done about this issue is to kind of spread the word. And so we're glad to have Craig uh, Hansen with us, our man in the Bay Area, who's actually put some wings to a little project to approach Presbyterian ministers in his area. Craig, would you tell us a little bit about what you've done and what are some of the reactions to what you've done with these pastors?
2: When we first discussed uh, Zionism's Unsettled, uh, it sounded like a a good thing to to grab and uh, check from your your leading. I went to the website and and bought a few of these things to pass out. I was able to uh, pass one out person-to-person to to one of the PCUSA pastors here in town. And the interesting thing is that he'd he'd heard of it, he'd never seen it, and wasn't familiar with the document and the the DVD. So at, at this point, I haven't got feedback from him whether he's approval, disapproval, what he thinks of it. But at least it's open to dialogue, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes. Again, like you said, he, he had heard of it and the controversy surrounding it, but uh, had not seen the video in the booklet. So um, I'll get a report back hopefully in the next couple of weeks on his response to that.
0: Well, you had some negative responses, didn't you? They wouldn't touch it or something like that? You right.
2: Talk- yeah, I, I did that uh, through email and uh, contacted uh, three or four other uh, PCUSA churches in the area, and they said no, they weren't interested, they hadn't seen it, and no, they're not interested in it. So, yeah, there was definitely some negative responses to it, even in PCUSA. So, I, I don't know how widespread the acceptance would be in USA, because my um, experience so far has been all negative in, in this area.
1: What would be your objective if a pastor came back to you and said, I am interested in this, but because of the controversy, I don't know if the church is, going, is willing to do anything about this. What would then your response to him be?
2: Well, I would, I would just like to encourage an open discussion, not for the church to sanction it per se, but at least to make the parishioners available of the information. And that, that's a fine line, because it seems like anything that uh, the church says gets, is, is endorsed by the church. So the pastor's walking a fine line there. So I, I don't know how we get out. Hopefully we can get some dialogue and get some more volunteers for our vigils. I mean, that that would be my end, end goal in this, is just at least get some dialogue going.
1: What I would suggest there is that if the pastor shows an interest, that you suggest... That he do a an unofficial program that's sponsored by yourself yes okay. where you would show tragedy and turning and the, then the discussion would just be a one one night thing a discussion of the nature of the uh, book and its availability and mm-hmm. see if it see if anything comes from that mm-hmm. because tragedy and turning at 29 minutes is going to be dynamite right I went back and listened to the whole thing today and it just seems like we were years ahead when we did this. It's got these elements in it that pull it together. The U.S. is a war-based economy, the the uh, role of the Christian Zionists, and then the bombing of Gaza, for goodness sakes, at the end of it. I think that if we could get churches to look at this, it would be a good stroke for us, rather than try to get them to do a series on Zionism Unsettled mm-hmm. uh, within their own church. The seminar I went to,
0: was actually the second one. The first one, a friend of ours here in Phoenix who is a Presbyterian, who actually wrote one of the chapters for Steadfast Hope, conducted a the study group at his own church. And so, in other words, PCUSA is divided. We saw that in, in their votes for divestment. It was very close. And these these issues on removing the Zionism unsettled. So On the other hand, we're more likely to get people in the PCUSA as opposed to some of the diehard, dispensational, what we call Christian Zionist churches, who will not even listen. I mean, we've got experts, for example, in our last presidential election, Newt Gingrich, who came out with the comment that the Palestinians were invented people following the uh, Israeli propaganda line. So it's widely accepted. So it's a very big hurdle that we have to overcome. And Leslie Fort's on here. Hi. Do you have anything to add to our comments there, Leslie?
2: Is there are any philanthropists out there that want to support We Hold These Truths, I pray that they will step up to the plate and help us out so we can get the word out.
0: Thanks, Leslie. That is a good finish. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you like this program, please let your friends know about it and our other thought-provoking podcast. And be sure to visit our website, whtt.org, for a wealth of information on Christian Zionism and other critical issues that we face. Also at whtt.org, you can watch for free